Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined by one and only Paul Wadlington of InsideTexas.com. Uh, Paul, you and I were old enough to remember Texas in the Southwest Conference, then the Big 12, and now, Paul, they're in the SEC. What are your thoughts about uh, the schedule that came out on Wednesday? I'm psyched. Uh, I don't want to be a complete fanboy here, but uh, I was fired up to see that schedule. I'm fired up to see who's going to be visiting Austin. That home schedule is a significant cut up from from some of the home schedules we've suffered. You don't like you don't like Kansas. Well, I, I do like them. I think they're a great plucky story, and in fact, I'm pulling for them this year. But no, I'd rather play, uh, you know, Florida at home. You know, that's just me. Uh, and then, of course, you have the incredible non-con that Texas already has slated for 2024 at Michigan, which is going to be phenomenal. Uh, they're, and they're you know going to host the Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, this is the two-time defending national champion. We don't know if they'll be three-time defending by the time 2024 rolls around. It's a, it's a possibility, but I just think it's a phenomenal schedule. Uh, obviously, the Aggies get their wish that Texas opens at A&M. Uh, Texas has to go back to Arkansas. Uh, hopefully they'll perform with a little bit more, uh, a little bit more composure than they did last time they went. And then uh, I just love the schedule overall. I think it's going to be exciting. And I think obviously we are going to eventually get that nine-team SEC schedule. But I do think we need to start reorienting how we view scheduling, records, team quality. We, we're going to have to adopt much more of an NFL mindset which is, you know, an, an 11 and six NFL team is a pretty good football team, right? In college football, if you have more than a loss, you must be a, some sort of bum, right? In the national stage. And I just think the aggression of these SEC schedules, particularly as they expand out to nine SEC teams. And if Texas keeps playing those premier games at Michigan 2024, at Ohio State 2025, Hey, you have a scenario with that 12-team playoff expansion where a, a, a two, even a three-loss Texas deserves to be in the playoff. And that's going to become a complete mental readjustment for the average college football fan. Especially when it's a 12-team playoff. Absolutely. Right? Um, because and you, you now have, you know, half of the – almost half of the best teams in college football in one, in one conference. Yeah. I mean – uh, the top 10, I guess. I mean, it's it's pretty pretty impressive uh, when you think about it. Um, I, I want to get your your take on a couple more things. But first, I want you to say thank you to our sponsor, uh, Gabe, Gabe Winslow. Gabe has just been terrific for us. Uh, please give him a shout out if you, if you absolutely. Will. Yeah. Every time we post these videos, there's someone inevitably in the comments who says, hey, I work with Gabe. He's absolutely phenomenal. And that's really what we want to hear and why we do this and why he's a sponsor. You of course can reach him at 832-557-1095. The elephant in the room here, Bobby, is I've, I've, I've got a big old bandaid on my nose. I'd love to make up an awesome fight story about how I beat up two Sooners who disrespected Texas. The truth is I was shaving with a straight razor, not paying attention. I cut my nose and I literally could not stop the bleeding. So Paul, I've had that happen to myself and, and it has not been pretty. So I, I, I can definitely understand that. Um, in any event, if you want to cut above, contact Gabe and use his amazing services. What a pro you are, uh, Paul Wadlington, uh, for that uh, uh, advertisement uh, for Gabe Winslow. Uh, Paul, this question comes back to me, and Greg Sankey uh, did something I thought was interesting, and I mentioned this on a live stream on Friday. Each and every 
SEC team plays one big uh, one of Texas or OU as kind of a welcome to, to the conference within this eight game schedule. So literally, Texas plays six teams, OU plays six teams in that regard. Then they play each other. Uh, your your thoughts on that process and uh, really, I, I guess. The, the forethought for a conference commissioner to do that. Um, this is kind of, in my opinion, what makes the SEC the nation's preeminent conference. I mean, they're, they're forward thinking about things as small as that. They're trying to create appointment football, right? The SEC, for, with reasonable backup on this, has basically argued we are college football. Adding Texas and Oklahoma is sort of overkill on that proposition. And it cements that we've got the SEC, Big Ten, everyone else. And my hand is out of the screen, but it's way down here. Uh, and that is the, the, the premise. And I love the fact that they're already building these rivalries and they're going to play every SEC team is going to play Texas and OU. And they're going to switch, obviously, the schedules. And what you're going to do is rekindle old hatreds. And you're going to create some new ones. Texas fans don't know this yet. We're, we're always going to have a nice level of hate for OU, uh, an equal mixture of hate and uh, pity for Aggies, right? Uh, Arkansas, we can feel their hate, even though, and that sort of motivates our hate in return. But hey, as we play this out, we might realize we really dislike Georgia fans or we really dislike Florida, or maybe there's a coach that we can't stand. Who knows? That's the fun of all this. And I think Sankey is already trying to kindle some of that in addition to just creating must-watch football matchups every week in the SEC. I mean, it's going to dominate the, the scheduling. It's going to dominate the mind share of college football. And on top of that, it's handled much more deftly than what the Big 12 did because they brought in those four new schools. And you have multiple scenarios in which – you know, an OU is playing three of the four or, you know, in some instances, I think Oklahoma State plays four of the four and they're not even playing some of their old traditional games against the Big 12. So I just think that Sankey's on the ball. And I think the SEC, as you said, Bobby is forward looking. And I love that they sort of accepted with the playoff and the expansion they've accepted. Now, we don't need to manage our schedules so tightly as a conference. We can play each other ambitiously. Let's get rid of those at the SEC West and the SEC East, which always had a, an asymmetry, right? And then at the same time, you still have the ability as an SEC team to go out and, and schedule one ambitious non-con and then, you know, have your, have your guaranteed wins because you're just not going to be over-penalized as the mindset shifts and people understand that a two-loss SEC team that plays an ambitious schedule – is a real damn good team and might be a top five team. And, and they, they belong in the playoffs. Let me ask you this. To the Texas fans that say this schedule in 2024 is too ambitious, what are your thoughts? You know, get better or die. Texas is at its worst when it's complacent. And the thing that shakes Texas from complacency is challenge and fear. One of my favorite expressions in the world, I wish I could credit to, to who coined it. I don't know who coined it, but sometimes fear does the work of reason. And this is an instance where if we can't reason our way into understanding that we need to upgrade our game across the board at Texas in everything, and maybe we already have, 
then fear better motivate you because you're about to get embarrassed. And I don't think Texas fans and Texas alums like being embarrassed. And so this whole complacency, like, well, actually, we should stay in the Midwest, you know, the Mid-Atlantic Conference or the Mountain West Conference, because that's the easiest way to go undefeated. And Like, that's all nonsense. Like, do you want to play big boy football? Do you want to be a part of the national conversation? If yes, then go forward and no time like the present to, uh, you know, forgive me, but rip off the Band-Aid. Don't, don't do this little slow, like, oh, maybe we can manage this. No, no. Either go get ready and go get a, a coach coaching staffs in every sport that can play big boy, because we're talking about SEC baseball. We're talking about a vastly improved basketball conference, Bobby. Uh, we better be ready. And uh, if we're not ready, then we deserve to get humiliated. And that will actually spur the action needed to make the changes to put Texas where it belongs. Let me, let me, uh, I'm going to, I didn't expect myself to do this when we were prepping this show, uh, but I want to bring this up now, Paul, uh, you talking about engaging and getting people going. I yep. think that SMU right now being aggressive on NIL is going to affect how aggressive some Texas donors are in the Dallas area when it mm. comes to NIL, because those guys, you know, not to say this is just Texas alums run a lot with A&M, not with a lot with A&M alums in, in Dallas area, but more with second SMU guys that are at the members of the country clubs and et cetera. Right. Yeah. That starts happening. Watch the Texas NIL money get activated up there uh, in Dallas more so than Houston and Austin or on the level of Houston and Austin for this. Well, you're, you're churching it up and being diplomatic, which I respect. But the, the fact is the reputation in Dallas is that those guys, broadly speaking, talk a pretty good game and don't deliver to the degree that the Sentex and the Houston guys do. And maybe this is a shot across the bow to some of them. Um, and, and I just think the SEC in general, everything's going to have to step up. Uh, we've seen some legislation pass recently uh, that's going to – be both emboldened both Texas and Texas A&M uh, in that regard. I do think it is interesting. I, did you see the tax implications, the ruling from the IRS? Uh, I don't know if they formally ruled on this, but they're advising you. And when the IRS uh, advises you to do something and you're, you might be someone who might get audited, uh, that it's probably in your best interest to follow. But it looks like it's not NIL is not going to be a tax write off. Is, is that correct? Uh, they, they think that, but there are, there are exceptions. And this is the, the problem. Uh, the IRS is actually saying no new ones at this point. Oh. And it may affect some old ones. Uh, however, they've already actually approved. The IRS is actually approved with use case uh, against the old ones. So it's, it's up in the air uh, right now. The bigger piece of all of it is that now the university, when a season ticket holder purchases their season tickets, the guys that sit between the 20s, uh, which, you know, 25, 30,000 of them, uh, they usually pay more for their tickets in addition to the ticket price. And they would have to do that through a donation to the university. Well, likely Chris Del Conte, the athletic director at the University of Texas, is going to allow that to now be a donation to NIL mm. to still get those loyalty points, uh, et cetera, to get better season football tickets. And I think that will actually have a dramatic impact. And I, I do hope it has a dramatic impact. Because Texas has 100,000 people in the stands 
compared to other schools that don't. Um, and so some some impact there should be that. I want to say this. I wasn't I and I also want to say this. I wasn't calling out Dallas donors uh, because I think at some level uh, it's your point. Some of them get it right away. And, and I know some of them. Uh, some of them need to hear it from other people. Right. And, and get used to the idea. And those are the ones if the SMU guys doing it and maybe the A&M guys doing it, uh, then maybe. I, all right. I get it now. You know what I mean? It's that 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 factor. And so I feel like that's part of it uh, as well. I want to I want to get back to the SEC schedule, if you will. Is there a single game outside of Georgia um, and the return of Texas A&M that you're most excited about in 2024? Well, the truth is beyond it's, it's not an SEC game. It's at Michigan. Uh, I mean, I think that's an incredible environment. Um, I've, I was at the Rose Bowl, the awesome Michigan Rose Bowl in 2000, I guess 2005, uh, the season, yeah. uh, where I sat, uh, great seats, watched Vince Young take over and realized we were about to win a national title. Uh, and then, of course, that season, uh, the big win, of course, was at Ohio State in the shoe. Uh, to really realize that this team was legit and, and they were going to achieve their ambitions. Uh, and I like the Michigan fan base. Uh, they, they were very similar to us. You know, sometimes you play non-con opponents that you're not as familiar with and you realize that you have a pretty similar alumni base. I had a similar realization when we played UCLA at UCLA. I went out to that game and uh, I think Fozzie Whitaker scored two touchdowns or something. It wasn't a very good UCLA team. Marquise Goodwin had an amazing block. The best block of his career. Maybe the oh, only one, too. <laughs> uh, but you realize, particularly the older UCLA alums, they were just like us. Like, you realize, you know, had I grown up in California, I'd probably have gone to UCLA. Had I grown up in the Midwest, I would have gone to Michigan. Uh, so I, I'm looking forward to that on that, on that basis. Uh, let's see. What's another? I mean, I think Florida's fun. And I know Florida's down right now. Man, Bobby, you know, and you know, Jerry Hamilton, if he was on here, he could attest. Florida's tapped into some amazing athletes. And if they can turn it around and they can harness that, they can become the Florida Gators again very quickly. So I think that could be a very fun game. Because, you know, as much as we think we know what these teams will look like in 2024, we don't know. We, we really don't know. We think we know, but a lot can change in college football. Think about the portal Think about injuries. Think about a, an ascendant quarterback. A Joe Burrow appears on one of these campuses, right? A new coordinator. I mean, you don't know. I mean, look at Auburn football. Auburn football's garbage one year, and then they're national championship contenders, you know, a year later, two years later. So I just think if you get enough of these marquee teams on your schedule, irrespective of the pro how the program's performing right now, you're going to get some great, great football in the future. One more question for you that I, that I, I want to try to get into. Um. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware. New rivalries. Mm. 
is there one team in the SEC? And take away LSU because it's a neighboring state. Oh, man, you took uh, take, – Take away LSU because it's a neighboring state. Yeah. Is there one team that you want Texas to develop? Uh, I, I would say a pseudo-rivalry of sorts in the SEC. I mean, is there – you know, is, is there – is it Florida? Is it Georgia? I'll, I'll give you Tennessee. two fun ones. Uh, a really fun one, I think, would be the Battle of the UTs. The bad Dayglo orange versus the classy burnt orange. <laughs> the, that insults aside, I love the Tennessee home environment, that, that road environment. To me, that's a must-attend road environment for a Texas fan at some point. Go to Neyland Stadium, see the Vol Navy. Uh, Knoxville, uh, you're a Nashville dude, but Knoxville, I love that town. I think it's awesome. And I just, I, I think that'll be great. And then Alabama, I just think that's a, a hallowed sort of blue blood program. And I just think it's a lot of fun. And we've got some history with those guys. And I think it'd be nice to get some payback on them. I agree with you. And I think I, my take on it, Paul, I'd go with Alabama. Um, because it goes back deeper for me. I think the Bear Bryant was at Texas A&M. Uh, and Texas never lost to Bear Bryant. Right. And before yeah. Saban, he was their all-time great coach. Uh, Nick Saban's dalliance with the Texas coaching job more than once, uh, potentially. Um, and then I, I feel like football is very important in the state of Alabama. Football is very important in the state of Texas. Yep. And so for that reason, I would I would pick the Crimson Tide over Tennessee, uh, over uh, Georgia even, although Georgia obviously uh, a great uh program at this point as well and and i i would say the other thing i will say this about florida and georgia um and even to that point uh vanderbilt uh vanderbilt is a, a superior academic program under undergrad thought to be ranking wise to texas right but texas florida georgia all ranked in that same category kind of like what you were talking about with michigan UCLA, Cal Berkeley, those kind of guys. They're the the public Ivies these days, to for lack of a better term. You agree with that? Yeah, I do. Know, I, I don't know. If, I think Florida probably is closer to Texas in that regard than maybe. But Georgia's ascendant. You know, actually, Bobby, what's pretty interesting, because of the top 10%, which became the top 8%, which became the whatever percent in Texas, and because of the growth of Texas and the number of just outstanding students at these big suburban schools, who can't get in that top 10% and they'll go get a freaking 1500 in the SAT. They can't get into UT and they're getting full ride scholarships to Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Tennessee, because they want the big college experience. And from what I understand, those schools have actually been targeting and recruiting the heck out of Texas for students. And that's really raised their academic profile uh, just off on a percentage SAT average basis, because they're getting outstanding students who still want the big state school environment. Um, you know, I think all, everyone has these stories, but I've got a good friend whose kid got into Duke uh, and couldn't get into the University of Texas. So, you know, there's an interesting asymmetry going on there. And if you, even if you want to step the, the quality of student down slightly, those students who still want that big school environment, if they don't want to go to a TCU or something, they're going to Georgia. They're going to Ole Miss. They're going to Alabama. They're going to LSU, some of them. And I think it's really raising the profile of those schools. 
Well, here's another interesting part of it. If you're an out-of-state student, like if, if you're, you grow up in Chicago, for yeah. example, and you want to go to the University of Texas, what also limits you is there's only 5% of the population at the University of Texas is out-of-state, basically. Yeah. The other 5% is international. And 90%, according to, I think it's either the charter or what the state legislature wants it to be, has to be 90% in state. Uh, for the funding. And so it makes it extremely hard to get into Texas from out of state or internationally uh, compared to other schools. Well, that's interesting, Bobby, because I, I live in Colorado, as you know now, and I'm looking at my, I was looking at 529 plans the other day for my nine-year-old son, you know, figuring out college savings and looked at the two most likely state school destinations, Colorado or Colorado State. Colorado, CU, the Buffaloes, Dion School, uh, a little less, a little about half of the students at CU are in state, half of them are out of state. And that has come under huge criticism from Colorado legislators and the people of Colorado, because they're saying, hey, you have a mandate to serve the people of Colorado and provide an affordable opportunity for a college education. And you're taking all these California and Texas kids and, and kids from the Northeast who want to come out and party and, and ski and smoke dope. And, uh, you know, we need to take care of our own dope smokers here at home. <laughs> Only you, Paul, can, can can put it in such eloquent terms. All right. Um, I, I'll finish with this one last question and we'll be quick. OK, sure. uh, thinking about the record for that 2024 season. OK, I know you just you gave me the the piecemeal idea of, oh, well, we don't know who the quarterbacks are going to be. Um, but you also did say we got to have a mindset change. Yes. Um, and you said that because of this, we need to think about it more like an NFL team, an NFL schedule where uh, a 75 percent win percentage is amazing in the NFL. Yes. Right. So year one schedule in the SEC, eight and four, nine and three, a good year. What are your oh, thoughts? I think nine and three is a good year. I think that's a I think that's a brutal schedule. And I think um, especially with Michigan non-con. Including the non-con, yeah. Uh, I don't think Colorado State's going to be the real challenge, but at Michigan is no joke. And then, you know, look, I don't think Arkansas, you know, they're probably a three and six or four and five SEC team, right? But when they play Texas at home, that takes on a different character than playing Auburn at a neutral stadium, right? I mean, it's just not, it's just not the same. Uh, look, in Texas OU, as much as I think we have a, an advantage over the Sooners right now, and I think we're poised to go on a little run against them. And then this, you and I know this series well, Bobby. It has these little runs. And, but those runs could be interrupted by bizarre upsets. And people always talk about, oh, this big rivalry game, anything can happen. Actually, quite the opposite. When Michigan plays Ohio State, the number of genuine upsets is very, very few, very rare. Texas OU, it's commonplace. I have watched terrible Texas football teams take it to OU and, you know, 10, 11 win OU teams. And I've watched, um, I've watched awful OU teams tie a, a 10 win Texas team. Right. Uh, I mean, and so it is truly a bizarre environment. And if you're always counting that as a W boy, even if you have all the matchups in your favor, there's just stuff that can happen. And, uh, Anyway, that's a long story of saying not only our natural rivals of AM and OU and all that in Arkansas, but, you know, going to, you know, playing Florida, playing Georgia. I mean, this is no joke, man. Kentucky, 
I mean, Kentucky's a good football team. They really are. And they put, hey, oh, hey, little newsflash, Texas fans, go do the research. They put more dudes in the NFL in the last five years than we have. So uh, just, I just think it's a different level of football. And yes, we will get our Vanderbilt. Maybe, maybe Mississippi State's bad that year, all that. But uh, I just think it's a different level of football. And I think it's just going to be a lot of fun. And you either want to have this sort of inflated challenge or you, and, and this, you know, this inflated sense of let's play an easy schedule and have a gaudy record, or you want to go play a bunch of good football teams. I mean, if you're someone who wants to go to the strip mall karate studio and you show up to the classes and pay your dues and they make you a black belt, but you can't fight. I don't really like that. I would prefer to go into the jujitsu studio where you have to fight every day and you earn your belt based on the fact that you can choke on choke other people unconscious. So, <laughs> Paul, let's end on that note. <laughs> once let's again. choke some people out, Bobby. <laughs> you just ended this with a, uh, you know, rare form, Paul Wadlington of InsideTexas.com. Paul, thanks for a good conversation this Saturday morning. You have a good weekend. Longhorns have a lot of guys on campus this weekend. Big recruiting weekend. Texas. For Paul Wadlington, thank you to our sponsor, Gabe Winslow of uh, Mortgages by Gabe. Uh, this has been On Texas Football Saturday Conversation.